Listener Production. Kickbump acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulukut Wollum clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickbump Podcast, your fortnightly DM on all things motherhood. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode and hello Mandy, producer Mandy here with me. How are you? Oh, so good. Um, I'm excited because you're giggling to yourself over something that Josh just sent you and I really want to hear what is happening with Harvey. Well, it was so funny because we were just talking about like, oh, do we have a Harvey update Mm. or a toddler tantrum tale and something funny literally just came through. So Harvey... (laughs) This is breaking. (laughs) This is breaking news right now. Josh just messaged me. He said, oh my God. So Harvey just walked past me on the toilet and I was like, um, excuse me, please come here. And Wait, then so he Josh said, was on the toilet. Yeah, so and Josh said, was on the toilet. Harvey walked past Josh and Josh said, Harvey, come here, please. Yeah. Because he saw him yeah. holding something. There's a video. I don't actually. Is I there don't know audio? <laughs> well, let, let's, let's play it. What do you got? Come here. Come here. I think Dad should hold that one. Ugh. Okay, so do you know what that is? Oh my god! Do you know what that is? Is that a vibrator? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Stephanie, it's Helen. Yeah, but why was I that in no his reach? Idea. Okay, so <laughs> so now usually we're not. <laughs> We've just gone away, and he may have come with us. So it must have been in. Josh's oh, bag that still. Is so funny. Oh God, that is just. <laughs> so I mean, Laura has told oh, a story God. on the po- on Kickpod before about her cleaner. cleaner finding it. But oh, that's one thing. Harvey. So I um, uh, I can't wait for you to tell Laura that story. Too. Oh gosh, <laughs> yep. That is real. That is real time. Please, please, true for tales. his sake. Please don't tell him that when he's older. <laughs> he will actually die. That his little face that, is like, why? Oh, it's <laughs> my god! It's silicon and my god. Wow. nothing can top that. <laughs> nothing will ever top that. I can't breathe. <laughs> that was great. Wow, that was great! I love Josh. Knows us too well. Yeah, I love he's like, and he was like, "Great podcast." <laughs> I love that Josh. has got he's got his content brain on, and he's like he's filming it to get the audio. Love it. He might as well be a producer. Oh, that is funny, wow. right? Well, that's my Harvey update. That's enough. <laughs> yep, that's all. That this, is all. This should be its own episode. Let's do oh, Mel next God. time. <laughs> that is so so funny. No, oh, no, but no. Let's yes, get to Mel because she was outside great. <laughs> of toddlers um, having vibrators in their hands. This is a conversation with the incredible Mal Wells, who is a friend of mine I connected with, I reckon, about seven or so years ago. Um, with the biggest coincidence. With the biggest coincidence. And I was just about to start telling it and then I remembered we ended up talking about how we met. So you'll yeah. learn about that mm. um, very shortly. I, but wish, I wish that she, I wish that we recorded her chat after this intro because she would have loved that story. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, like I know, right? <laughs> okay, so if you're not sure who Mal Wells is... She is an embodied leadership and intimacy coach trained in holistic sex, love and relationships, eating psychology and holistic 
health. So often online and through her podcast, she shares tools, practices, and techniques to help women fall madly in love with themselves and to connect deeply with their bodies, their souls, and their inherent feminine wisdom. She also founded the UK's Epic Weekender event, the Self Love Summit, which sees women from all over the globe come together in person to celebrate love on themselves. Mm. She's an author. She's done so many things. And I wanted to get her on the Kick Bump podcast because she has also recently become a mother. Mm. Um, and she's truly blossoming in that role and has quite a story about how that came about and how her little one, Sky, came into the world. So I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. Yeah. And if you want more from Mel as well, you can check out her podcast, Love, Sex and Magic, wherever you get your podcasts. Mel, welcome to the Kick Bump podcast. It is so lovely to see you, even though it's on virtual reality, but it's so nice to see your face. Oh, it's so good to be here. So glad to be having this convo with you and just amazing to see how both of our journeys have evolved since we first connected all those years ago. It's insane. And we were just talking offline about that. But um, for for the listeners' sake, a um, bit of background of how we know each other. I thought it was the coolest way of connecting with someone ever. But I was basically staying in Bali in this beautiful villa and there was this beautiful big bookshelf and your book was there, your first original book. And it was at a time in my life where I was kind of out the other end of my journey when it came to, you know, um, beating myself up about my body and going down a horrible relationship with food and exercise. I was slightly at the other end, but it was so nice to find a book that I connected with so much, like that aligned with everything that I was working towards and, and my beliefs. And so I think I tagged it and then tagged you and then we connected online yeah. and ended up meeting up in the UK and everything. And it's, um, yeah. yeah, I think it was just, it was a really, really beautiful moment. And I'm I'm so glad to have met you and to have connected with you because I just absolutely love all the work that you do, all the amazing work you do. And mm. of course, yes, you have, so much has happened since. <laughs> oh my God. And, and that meant so much because it hadn't been like that bookshelf in Bali happened to have my book there the book was there because I had been staying there and I I had a spare copy of the book with me and the book's title is The Goddess Revolution, by the way, and the subtitle is Make Peace with Food, Love Your Body and Reclaim Your Life. And that book meant so much to me. I would carry around spare copies of the book and every time I stayed in a hotel, I would leave behind a book because I just thought whoever picks this up is meant to read it and hopefully it'll just send them on their way and it'll be exactly what they need at, at that specific time for their relationship with their body and their relationship with food. And then when you tagged me that you were the one who had picked it up, I was like, shut the hell up because I think I already followed you. I was already like connected with you and someone. I was like, this is wild that you're the one that... Anyway, so happy that that happened. Divine orchestration at its finest. And then we ended up doing a London event together when you were visiting yeah. the UK, which was just so much fun. <laughs> it was, it was. And it was, it was beautiful. We had some uh, women from your community and then some from the kit community. And it was just so beautiful because there was just so much aligned in, in everything. And it was, it was a really beautiful meetup. But you've been up to a lot since then. But something I would love to specifically chat to being that this is the Kick Bump podcast is your beautiful little one, Sky. So 
Is he seven oh. months now? He is eight months, but he's six months corrected age because oh, yes. we had him prematurely. Yes. So he kind of has two birthdays at the moment, which is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? How how was it for you? I feel like because you're you're such a spiritual being and you're so connected, I'm sure there was so much of it that you just absolutely loved. Um, but I, and I'd love to hear about all that too because I think it's it's so nice when we can share the positive sides to these these wacky journeys. But then if there was anything that you particularly struggled with through pregnancy? Yeah, I mean, I think what was quite unique about my experience was that I met Sean and Mm. we basically decided to make a baby within like a couple of weeks of knowing each other. It was like, (laughs) oh my God, you're the person that I meant to build a family with. Let's do it now. (laughs) And... It was really that fast. So I think what happened for us in pregnancy, because we got pregnant like literally immediately, I think Mm. what was unique about that situation is that we hadn't built a relationship together first. So we kind of dived Mm. into pregnancy without fully like having that stable foundation of a relationship without really knowing each other, just really trusting our intuition and our hearts that we were meant to be on this path and get married and all the things. So when I was going through my first trimester, I had a lot of anxiety around, is this the right thing to do? Am I really doing this? Because we started sharing with people, you know, our family and friends, that we were not only in love, but also pregnant. I think there was a lot of like shocked reactions and a lot of like, how on earth could you possibly know that this is the right thing to do? And Mm. we didn't really have answers except for we just felt it and we're just going to trust and we're just going to go with it. But I think those judgments started to creep in and I started to get like a lot of anxiety in that first three months because obviously you do have the option of not going through with it. And so... I think that was on my mind a lot. Like, I've always wanted to be a mom. He's always wanted to be a dad. We feel feel like this is it. We feel both ready to go. But what if it's the wrong decision for us? And so that was what was hard about the first trimester. And then I think, honestly, when we both just fully committed, and I think when I fully decided that, like, we are just, we're going to fully go ahead with this and fully give everything to our relationship, this pregnancy, this child. I think that there was freedom in that decision and also in that kind of decision being taken away from me at that three-month point as well, to be honest, because it was like, okay, I'm fully, I'm, we're fully doing this. And um, I think that mm-hmm. when once that anxiety had gone, um, yeah, you're doing this amazing. Yeah. Like, I loved being pregnant, loved every single second of it. Um, and then my pregnancy was also then cut short unexpectedly. So Sky was due in September. And when I was 30 weeks, we were just out walking the dog like any other normal sunset evening. And I started getting these cramps and I was like, this is weird. Like, I wonder if I'm having like Braxton Hicks or like what this is all about. And then I started bleeding and I was like, this doesn't feel good. And then 
I got really dizzy and started feeling like I was going to faint. Called the midwife. She was like, you need to go to hospital like right now. And um, yeah, had Sky that night. So couldn't have been a more unexpected birth and delivery. Um, so yeah, I think pregnancy was amazing, except I think the beginning was challenging and the end didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but the middle was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, of course. No, and I've and I've heard you speak obviously to your birth story on your own podcast and um I can definitely relate to it being a lot easier to open up when you when you're with your partner and in your own podcast and everything like that. So don't feel like you need to go into every little detail, but I would love it if you could speak to I know that your birth obviously being such a surprise and so early, um, it didn't play out how you'd kind of always envisioned your birth to go. And I think it's a really important um, reminder to everyone. It's like, of course, you can learn so much about all the different ways and you can have preferences and you can hope that it goes a certain way. But I think to be able to have that, um, I suppose, knowledge that like giving in and needing to give in and um, go with whatever is recommended when when things aren't going right or going the way that you'd planned mm-hmm. is still important as well. And I think um, I really loved how honest you both were on your podcast in that um, where you even shared, you know, past judgments on things like Western medicine and everything like that and how you really had to kind of give in and your instincts was just everything that I've ever thought out the window because this yeah. baby's, you know, coming out yeah. Now, yeah, <laughs> whatever, however way. So do you mind talking to that? Yeah, of course. I, I really believe that every birth is just a complete surrender and teaches us the lessons that we, for whatever reason, are meant to learn in that process. It's such an initiation, especially our first birth. And um, yeah, for me, I had planned this home birth, this home birth mm. with no medical interventions. And I had developed a real fear around ending up in the hospital. I would say like a really Mm. big fear. And I would say to Sean, when we were planning for our birth and, and, you know, I had my home birth doula and my home birth midwife and everyone was very much, you know, everything as natural as possible. Mm. And there was no part of me that wanted to end up in the hospital. In fact, that was probably like my worst case scenario would be getting transferred to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had this big, beautiful vision of this of this home birth. And then, yeah, when it came down to it and and I was told, okay, baby is baby is coming tonight, basically. Mm-hmm. Emergency C-section, this is happening. There was literally no sh- no shred of me was like, no, I need to do a home birth because your mama instinct just kicks in and you're just like, well whatever is best for the safety of my baby, whatever is best for the health of my baby. So, you know, I had to completely surrender what I thought was the birth that I was going to have. And it was very humbling for me because I, yeah, had all these fears about ending up in the hospital, even just for one day or one intervention. And instead, because of Sky being so early, we were in the NICU for like a whole 52 days. So Mm. I basically got the not only like the opposite of the birth that I was manifesting, but I got like the, I really got to like basically live in the hospital for two months. Mm. And for me, it was such a lesson in finding more balance and harmony with my beliefs and how much I trust the the Western medicine and just how incredible they are when it comes to emergencies. 
mm. you know, because I think we hear a lot of horror stories. Of course. And I think there's also a lot of stories that aren't told, which is the stories that of the, you know, I hate to say it, but the stories of like births that don't go to plan. Mm. And those doctors and nurses are like literally lifesavers in those circumstances. And in my circumstance, in another life or, you know, a hundred years ago, I wouldn't have lived and neither would my baby. So it really humbled me and it made me extremely grateful for Western medicine when before I had been fearful. Mm. Um, so I think that was a big lesson that I needed to learn. And now I have a lot more balance and harmony in my beliefs around Eastern healing and Western healing. And um, yeah, I now for my for my next birth, I no longer have this like, this stubbornness when it comes to like how that birth's going to be. It's just like, however the baby wants to come is perfect. And as long as the baby is safe and well, it really doesn't matter like how it, how it looks. Of course. I'd love to talk to you as well about um, once you guys were home with Sky and that kind of postpartum period, the newborn stage, which you're still kind of coming out of, to be honest. I feel like the first year is a bit of a well, yeah. <laughs> um, when I think back to it. But um, I would love to know, I, I, for me, I was someone who never struggled with anxiety. I, I just didn't, I, I, I never struggled with any form of anxiety really um, prior to having Harvey. And then since having him, I've had so much anxiety over his safety and not to the point where it's completely crippling, like we can't leave the house or anything like that. I think obviously if it comes to that, I would go speak to someone about it, but um, it's been manageable up to this point, but I've never felt that way, like so, so protective, especially going through what you guys did, you know, obviously being in the NICU and everything for his first couple of months. How have you been since then, you know, just in life? Are you feeling like incredibly protective of him? Yes. I mean, I partly I think that's just like part of the assignment in becoming a mother is yeah. you just worry about worst case scenarios and like every case scenarios. Like I remember when we first brought him home, I was scared about just having him in, in the bedroom because we have this fan <laughs> on the ceiling. Mm. And I was like, what mm. if the ceiling fan like somehow breaks and flies off of the ceiling yeah. and like, yeah. <laughs> break, like bursts into him or something? I was like coming up with the most weird scenarios mm. in my head. And um, a lot of that is still there. Like I still, we haven't got a nanny yet because I have too much anxiety around it. There's too much of a thing there for me. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something that's been like a big challenge for me. And it's been like, every time it's been brought up, I've like burst into tears. Like I don't, don't feel good about like leaving him with anyone else yet. Um, when we're driving in the car, I'm, I feel like I'm just like, like just have like all of these antenna like on like every single hazard that's like possible mm. is just there. So um, definitely still experiencing that. Um, yeah, so I'm very much in that. I don't know if, I don't know how much of that is Nikki related and how much of that is just being a new mom. Yeah. But the the thing that's kind of helped me from since the Nikki days, like I think I was worried about health concerns for him and his weight gain because um, just premature babies typically are more at risk for a lot of things than, than other babies. Mm. But he's kind of really proven to me that he's like not, um, that, that I don't need to worry about him at all because he's 
just, he's so big and healthy. And like every time <laughs> I do like any kind of health check or test on him, all of the pediatricians and doctors are just like, he's amazing. He's thriving. He's healthy. You need to stop worrying now. You're not in the NICU anymore. Like you mm. need to just like think of him just like any other full-term baby. Like he's completely fine. So mm. I think a lot of my anxieties from those days have been put to rest, but I still have that new mom thing of I just don't want to take my eyes off him for a second. Yeah. And this like primal urge to just protect him at any cost from anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty um it's pretty special. It's like scary and rewarding all at the same time. Um the feelings you have for oh them. Oh my god, it's crazy. And I would love to actually talk to you about something. I feel like I can relate a lot to some of the stuff you've been speaking to particularly in your posts or on your podcast um around being a mother and also working outside of the work that you have to do at home as well. And on a recent post you wrote, we expect women to work like they aren't mothers and mother like they don't have to work. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. I loved reading that because um, I've seen similar quotes and things like that before. And I think, it, I mean, it really rings true to me. Um, and I think it is really interesting. I mean, obviously it's to be said, everyone is wired differently. I, I know that there are there are some people who work and everything fulfill them so much that they find the balance that works for them, that they can have both. And then there's some that, you know, sometimes like at least for a period of their life, work does fulfill them more than motherhood. And then obviously there's others that feel like they need more connection with their with their babies and with their, with their kids um, and I suppose feel less fulfilled in work. So we're all wired differently and I think mm. it's important to say that. But I did love this because I think I absolutely love the movement that more women are, you know, getting to run businesses and being in these C-suite roles. I think it's really incredibly important that that, that changes and that shift happens um, because there's no reason why we can't. But I do also, I think what I do struggle with sometimes is I love that and I'm all for that. I think for me though, I'm wired to a point where I am still so connected with Harvey, even as he gets older and I still struggle with mum guilt and all of that stuff, even though I really love work. So it's like I've, I'm fighting this real tug of war. And I think what you said here with, you know, being that if you're at work, you're expected to not act like a mother or, yeah. I don't know, not have those things like mum guilt or if you're not working, you know, vice versa. And I just, I do feel like I'm stuck in the middle. <laughs> I mean, same. Like I have this conversation every day with Sean and with all of my friends. I think it's like a universal and cultural conversation for mothers mm. who have, who work. And especially you know, when you're running your own business, there's no real maternity leave. You know, you have to kind of figure it out for yourself. Yeah. And so I think it's a very, it's, a, it's very challenging and it's very, um, it's very difficult to pose these questions as well, because mm. obviously it's amazing what the feminist movement has done for us and how women yeah. are building yeah. huge empires and just crushing it in work. And then when we become mothers, our whole entire world shifts overnight and mm. for me, I felt like, well, I just want to be at home with my baby now. <laughs> like, I have all these big, uh, you know, ambitions still and goals and dreams, but there's something about them that doesn't feel the same as it used to. There's something missing from it now that I can't quite put my mm. finger on. And it's just the fact that 
I've become a mother and I've found so much purpose in motherhood mm. and mm-hmm. so much connection that that's very hard for any kind of work to match. And I'm someone that loves my job so much. Like I literally designed my job for all of my passions. Like it couldn't yeah, exactly. be any more perfect for yeah. me. So it's not like a misalignment with work. It's just like there's nothing that can compete when you become a mother, for me at least. And I don't want to speak to all women's experience, but... Um, yeah, for you, But yeah. for me, yeah it's, yeah, it's definitely felt like that sense of feeling torn between, well, I when I'm at work, I want to be with him. And when I'm with him, I'm, 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 I'm really loving it, but I'm also thinking about all the things that I haven't done mm. that need to be done at work. So... We have a lot of expectations mm. on mothers and I think there's also this idea and this thing that's pushed of like, you can have it all. And I think that pressure is a lot for us to take on because we think, well, mm. obviously some women can have it all and they look like they've got it all. Yeah. So why can't I figure this out? And I think that's really detrimental. Well, I, I love that you share that because I think it's just important that no matter what feels like it's right for us or works for us, that that feels, I don't know, okay. And that you feel seen in that way. If you do want to return to work early and that's what fulfills you, that's okay. If you want to really embrace that time off and do nothing but just be a mum, that's perfectly okay too, I think. And then if you're in between, like I feel like I am (laughs) because they both fulfill me so much, that's okay too. Um, And I just, I, I just think it's awesome that all of these conversations are being had and hopefully women are feeling more and more okay with just being in the middle or being one way or the other and not mm-hmm. feeling kind of alienized. Yeah, and I think there's also like we've really devalued the role of mother and I think we expect like if you do just want to be a mum, then there's almost shame around that, like you're not doing enough mm. and you should be wanting more and you should be wanting to do more. And, um, you know, that's something that I've struggled with lately as well, like in this postpartum first year is that I've been working on like scaling my business back. So I'm only working like one to two days a week. And even that is, there's such a struggle in doing that because I'm like, am I allowed to do this? Like, is this okay? And so I think it's amazing that so many of us have the choice Mm. to to be able to do one or the other or try and navigate both. But I think I would say it's like very difficult to truly like give the same amount of energy and time that you could have given before you became a mother. Mm. Um, because like how? <laughs> yeah. You know, because your 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 mind and your heart is is all over the place now. So it's just a different, it's a different scenario. But I I feel like, yeah, grateful that so many of us have the choice and the option. Like a lot of women don't have have that. So, yeah. Mel, something that you've always been really open about as well, particularly on your podcast, Love, Sex and Magic, is your, and this is like, this is really flipping the conversation from work to play, I would say. But um, <laughs> you've always been open about your your sex life and everything. And I think um, it's something that is really interesting when I speak to some friends of mine who have gone through, you know, that newborn phase and everything like that. And the dynamic shift in your relationship, because you're not now just both in love with each other, but you're sharing this like 
deep love for another being. And it's also exhausting. There is so much involved in it. It only obviously if you feel comfortable talking to me about it, but I <laughs> I would love to know how you guys have navigated um, you and Sean your relationship and and even like your sexual relationship since. Like, have you been able to keep that that spark and connection, or is there things that you do or you ensure that you you do to kind of keep that alive? Yeah, I mean. Again, like I think we have, we do have on our side the fact that we're in a relatively early, like Mm. young relationship. So we definitely still, you know, wanting to have a lot of sex and that's really important to us. Um, I think one thing that, well, there's a few things that we do to kind of make sure that we prioritize each other and, and our intimacy. And the first is that we just like, we really prioritize getting like quality time in with us like every day so that we don't ever feel like we're just like ships passing and like handing the baby to each other, you know, but we're actually like really connecting. And every day we um, we go on like a morning walk together with our coffees and we have the baby in the, in the stroller and we have Rio the dog who you just heard. <laughs> and we just do our like family walk every morning and usually every evening as well. And it's just our time to like check in and and we have a rule that we don't bring phones on that walk and we try not to talk too much about work but we just connect so that's really important for us and then um when we were about to have sky we made a decision together that we weren't going to co-sleep and that was so that we could have our bed to us so that we could keep our physical intimacy um that kind of didn't happen we basically fell into like a hybrid of co-sleeping whereby Sky can go down by himself in his crib and he's totally good to like sleep by himself. But when he wakes up in the night, then we just pull him into bed. So that works for us because it means that when he goes down, we can have sexy time. (laughs) But it means that we still get all the benefits and the cuddles of the co-sleeping. So when he wakes up, we're all in the bed together. So... That's been like, I think if we if we were just like full blown co sleeping, and Sky wasn't able to sleep by himself, it'd be very hard. then it would be very difficult. Yeah. And so I really feel for for couples who um, who have kind of fallen into that situation because it can be difficult to get out of. Mm. So I've heard. So so yeah, those those boundaries were important for us. And then date nights. You know, the only person that I feel good about leaving Sky with is my mom. So she will come over and stay with us sometimes. And that's when we'll like go out and go to restaurants and just have that time that's just the two of us. And yeah, I you really can't underestimate the power of a good date night. Mm. Just the two of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And to finish off, I would love because obviously a huge part of what you do, you know, you help women connect with themselves um, and and find love for themselves and everything like that. And I would just love for you to leave us with a few takeaways or even one takeaway. Is, is there something that you recommend women do that they can do daily um, to help themselves out? I mean, I, I read, I remember in your book, something that I love is, you know, speaking to yourself as though you're speaking to your, your best friend or, and, and I've kept that with me for so long. Um, mm. But yeah, just little, just anything that someone could, if they're going through something where they, they don't like something about themselves or they're just not really sure of who they are, what, what are some things that you like to recommend people do on the daily? Yeah, honestly, I think, I think it's easy to say, trust your intuition, but it's a harder thing to practice. But 
I think when we look back at times in our life where we have just trusted our intuition and it's worked out okay, we can start to really see, wow, like my body really knows, like I'm, my body has so so much wisdom and it's trying mm. to offer me that truth all the time. All I have to do is listen and actually trust it. And I think with motherhood and pregnancy, there's so much information out there and there's so many books and so much conflicting advice and you hear so many different mothers sharing their wisdom and you know if there's one thing that you take from this conversation I just want you to trust your intuition and your mama instincts because they're going to be different from everyone else's and um, Mm. you know one thing that I didn't share in our when I was talking about our birth story was I had about five trips planned for my third trimester And for some reason, one day my intuition was just like, cancel all of them. Like, just just cancel all of them. Like, I need to just stay at home. Mm. And I had no idea that that was my intuition telling me, Sky's going to come early and you need to be home and close to a hospital. So I canceled all these trips because I was just listening to Mm. my intuition. And so I think that was really powerful because if I'd have been in a different country, I have no idea how that would have turned out. So, um, yeah, and with every conversation around motherhood, it's so individualized. Like, there's never, like, a kind of general one-size-fits-all thing, especially when we're talking about, like, relationship with work and marriage and love and sex. It's, like, it's all so different. So I hope that you take solace or inspiration from some of my stories, but ultimately, like, trust yourself and trust your mama instincts and your intuition. Oh, I love it, Mel. Thank you so much. It's been so awesome to catch up and to chat to you. Um, I'm honestly, I, I, I love, I've continued to love everything that you're doing and it's been really special to see you really blossom into motherhood. And I really hope I can actually see you in person sometime <laughs> again. Um, but yeah, I really re- wish you all the best. Um, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, love. And likewise, I absolutely have loved witnessing you blossom into motherhood too. It's so <laughs> cool that we're now on this journey together. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that chat. If you would like to hear more from Mel Wells, highly recommend her podcast, Love, Sex and Magic, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll be back in your ears next Monday with Lawsy for another Kick Pod episode or another Kick Bump podcast in a fortnight from now. But if you would like to connect with us, we have an Instagram account now at kickpod. So you can shoot us a DNM and we'll connect with you there. We're also at Keep a Cleaner at Steph Claire Smith. And you can find out more about Kick and everything that we do on our app on our website, keepacleaner.com or download our app. We have a seven day free trial and I would love to have you a part of our community. But I'll be back in your ears very shortly. Bye.